Good morning. It's glad to see so much red out there today. Just saying. By the way, by, uh, both teams are in red. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> we, have a, we have special seating for those of you that are not rooting for the 49ers today. And so uh, the ush- just raise your hand. The ushers will take care of you. <laughs> Amen. So let's, let's uh, get started today. There is a, what we're going to talk about today is something that I'm extremely passionate about and it's something that I think is undertaught and misunderstood, and that is the work and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So that's what we're going to deal with today. And there's a core truth that I, I just want to just start with today, and that core truth is this. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you have the, the power of the Holy Spirit residing within you, and we're going to talk about that up close and personal. The moment you get saved, the moment you get saved, you are gifted the Holy Spirit according to the book of Ephesians. You were sealed until the day of your redemption, and the Holy Spirit is waiting for you to surrender to him, to listen to him, to depend upon him, to, to open up your heart and learn how to have a relationship to him where he's talking to you and leading your steps and empowering you. So today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the power of, of the Holy Spirit, what that looks like in our lives and, uh, and, how it, and, and what it doesn't look like in our lives. So on February 10th, 2013, there was a fire that broke out in the engine room of the Carnival cruise ship Triumph. This fire knocked out all the power for the entire vessel, so there were 4,200 passengers stranded on this cruise ship. And it was in the Gulf of Mexico, and the, they couldn't cook, there was limited water, there were no no toilets, there was blistering heat, there was illness. It was so hot underneath that they were sleeping on the decks, and it was, it was so ugly that CNN dubbed the Triumph the cruise ship from hell. That's what they called it. It was ugly. The ship finally ported safely in Mobile, Alabama, and the news crews were there, helicopters were circling it, and the passengers literally, as they're being towed in, are crying out for help. It was that bad. There had been days without having to have a public toilet or, you know, their water was, was scarce and they couldn't hardly eat and it, it, was, it was a nightmare. And what, meant, what was meant to be a party turned into be a nightmare. That's what happened. So the cruise ship got it. The cruise air, you know, uh, company got it. And so that ship went out later that year. They rebuilt, you know, the damage in the fire. But this time when they sent it out, they sent it out with an auxiliary power source. And so they learned their lesson, and that lesson simply is this, is that no power, no party. And that is true in the Christian life too. So once you lose the power of God in your life, once there is no power in your life, all you have left is the misery of this life. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us the joy of the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And so without the Holy Spirit's work in our life, without us understanding it, yielding to it, and I am, I am convinced that a vast majority of people who possess Jesus, that know Jesus as their personal Savior, a vast majority of those people never tap in to the resource that God has given to you and I, literally that God himself lives inside of us. And that he is desiring, wanting, and waiting for us to depend upon his power, to live and to lean into his power. So the question that I would ask you is simply this, is what is the primary source of your power? 
And don't answer that too quickly because the Christian answer is the Holy Spirit. But is that really how you live your life? Is that really the answer to your life? When people look at you, do they see the supernatural? Do they see the work of God's Spirit inside of you doing things that only He can do? Do they see that in your life? And I, and I believe that that is what God's will is for us. I believe that God is what God wants to have happen. So what is the power source of your life? I want to start with a passage of Scripture today. It's found in the, in the book of Acts. And it's uh, chapter 1, verse 8, and this is what it says. But you will receive power. I love that word. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That is such an incredible passage. And that's exactly what happened. The Spirit of God came upon the, the early church, and they were empowered to spread the gospel into all of Asia Minor, and eventually into the entire world. And you and I today are in this auditorium because of the power of the Holy Spirit, did exactly what he said he was going to do in that day and age. And so today you and I are here as a result of the power of the Holy Spirit on believers' lives. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. But here's the truth. God will not share his power for your agenda. That's the kicker. God isn't interested... <laughs> People hate me when I say this. I'm going to say it anyway. God isn't interested in your plans. He's interested in his plan in you. And there's a vast difference between that. And that's why that's, that's the disconnect between the power of the Holy Spirit and you. Is that oftentimes what we're doing is, God, here's what I want to do. Here are, here's my plans. Here's what I want to accomplish. And we leave out the Holy Spirit absolutely completely and he is just not interested in that. He wants you to get to the point in your life where you say, it's not my will be done, but your will be done. God, I want your plans, not my plans. I want, you to, I want to work your agenda. I want to find out what you're doing, God, and I want to join you in what you're doing. That is really where you discover and experience the power of the Holy Spirit when you're not working your own agenda. And I'm telling you, that's Easier said than done because you and I have been trained since we've been small children to live out our own agenda, to have our dream, to have, to have our will be done. And the truth is, is radical Christianity, Christianity is radical, says that it's not your will anymore, it is his will. And when you come to that place where you see that your life is done and ended and now you have this new life in Christ and this new life, is the plan is that he lives out his life in you, when you get to that place in life, that's where you begin to see miracles. That's where you begin to see the power of God's Spirit working in your life where you're not trying to manufacture your own stuff, it's God working inside of you. So if that's the case, I want to I take just a few minutes of your time, and I want to show you today what it looks like when you live with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. What does that look like? And I'm going to take this right out of the Bible, and it's found. I'm going to spend the rest of my morning in uh, Romans chapter 8. And so if you brought a device to follow along, or if you brought one of those, book, those old school books called the Bible, um, you can open it to, to Romans chapter 8. And uh, that's where we're going to spend all of our time together. We're going to look at it up, some, up close and personal. So the first characteristic of somebody, according to Paul, the first characteristic of somebody who is being led by the Spirit is that the Spirit of God produces an amazing supernatural security in your life. That's the measure. That's the mark of someone who really knows the power 
of the Holy Spirit. So where do I get that from? So in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, this is what it says. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Stop there for just a second. Listen carefully. That verse is so amazing. Do you get that? That you, if you believe in Jesus, that you will never, ever, ever stand in judgment before God over any sin that you've ever committed. That is remarkable and powerful and empowering and, um, and over the top. This is awesome sauce, that we'll never, ever, ever be judged by God for our sins. And that, that should be something that you take great joy in because here's why, is that I run into a lot of people who claim a relationship with Jesus, but their, their operating system is shame, not power. Hear me out. Operating system is shame and not power. Still living in the past, still trying to overcome the past, still trying to recover from the past. And I'm telling you, that operates out of the operating mechanism of shame. And that doesn't work. It does, it's not working for you. Shame is not how God wants you to live. And the opposite of that, of opposite of shame, I believe is living in a sense of absolute security that when I walk into a room, I know I belong there. I have this sense of worth in my life. I know that because God accepts me, loves me unconditionally, because God is for me, who could be against me? There is now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But that verse doesn't stop there. Listen to this. It goes on. And it says, and because you belong to him, now watch this, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. That's security. And notice who produces that. It's the Holy Spirit, right? You see that? The Holy Spirit produces this sense of security in our lives, but it has to be received. You, have to, you can't just be passive with this. This is something that you have to activate your faith in and believe in and trust in. There was a guy by the name of George Wilson, and he, was a, he lived in the 1800s, and he was a career violent criminal. He, it's horrible. And he was arrested and faced the death penalty. But like our culture today, there was a rising tide against the death penalty. So the President of the United States heard wind of his execution and gave him and granted him a full-on pardon. He, they went to his prison cell and announced his pardon. The President of the United States has pardoned you. And uh, he, Wilson, decided that he did not want to receive the pardon, that he would rather have death than life. That was his choice. So... That kind of confounded everybody. Eventually, it went to the court system because, you know, how the courts get involved in things. It went to the court system. And eventually, it went to the Supreme Court of the United States. And, and this is what they ruled. A pardon, this is their words, not mine. This is their writing, not my writing. Uh, they said, a pardon is an act of grace, but must be received. I cannot be pardoned. I cannot be pardoned unless I am going to receive that pardon. That was the ruling of the United States Supreme Court. Now, that was interesting. Apparently, you have to want to receive a pardon, right? So listen to this very carefully. You have to want the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to get it. You have to want the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to get it, and you have to want it more than you want your life. Now, oh, wait a second here. I think you just didn't hear me say that. Here's the disconnect again. 
Here's the disconnect. This is why people don't experience the power of the Holy Spirit in their life today is because you have to want the power of the Spirit more than you want your agenda, your will, your sin, your whatever. And when you get to that point where you recognize that what you want is what God wants and what you want is more, far more valuable than what you could ever imagine, that's when the power of the Holy Spirit sets into your life and he gives you the power to have this amazing supernatural. I'm not talking about normal security. I'm talking about shame-resistant security. I'm talking about the power that it, or shame is shed off your life and you can live your life in the light as he is in the light and walk in the light as he is in the light and be the kind of believer that God wants you to be. That is, but it doesn't happen until you want it. You've got to want it with all of your heart. You've got to want it so deep, so bad. You've got to want it inside of you and say, God, I want the power of the Holy Spirit, and I've got to want it more than I want my own life. And that's why we don't experience today the power of the Holy Spirit. In the early church, they were criminals. Jesus was arrested. He was crucified. Rome was hunting all the rest of the disciples down to do the same thing to them. So they had to make a choice. They had to make a decision of whether they wanted the Holy Spirit or whether they wanted life itself. And that's what they chose, the Holy Spirit. And as as a result, the world was turned upside down by 12 men. 11 men, actually. Turned the world upside down by 11 men who desired the Holy Spirit inside of their life. That's the first thing that the Spirit of God does. And then, we've already read it, but let me just remind you of it. It also frees us from the power of sin, the Holy Spirit. How do I know when I'm being Spirit-filled? Is that I am no longer controlled. Listen to the words that I'm using. I am no longer controlled by the power of sin in my life. I'm freed from that. So how do I know that I'm, I've got this Spirit-filled life? Is that although sin is always present in me and around me, God has given me always, He's always given me a way out. And I'm taking that way out more times than not. That's how I know that I have the power of the Spirit inside of my life. Is a sin now doesn't, listen to my words, doesn't dominate me. Before I was a Christian, before I knew the power of the Spirit, sin used to dominate me. I, you know, I could, I could resist anything but temptation. <laughs> Truthfully. You know, there it is. Here, Dan, you want it? Yeah, I want it. And now God's Spirit lives inside of me, and He is constantly talking to me and leading me. And it's, it's kind of like this. I often drive using Siri to help me get with my directions, you know. So uh, if I don't know an address I'm going to, I don't know the specific location, I'll, I'll say, hey, Siri, you know, can you help me find such and such address? And uh, while I'm driving there, nine times out of ten, I think, you know, I really know a better way. And so I'll go off map. You know, I'll just start taking my own route. And this is what happens when I do that. Siri comes on immediately with this obnoxious voice. (laughs) And she says, make a U-turn. And I'm going, shut up. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. Leave me alone. And uh, she just, I just keep going. And she keeps, you know, finally I just shut her off. And that's kind of how we work with the Holy Spirit, right? We kind of think we know our own way. And we go off-road, we get off-map, we get off-direction, and the Holy Spirit's constantly saying, take a U-turn, take a U-turn, and we're saying, shut up. 
Not, we don't say that out loud to God, of course, right? We just do it by ignoring Him. But when I'm living in the power of the Spirit, the Spirit is showing me how to live in the light, how to live in victory over sin, how to live with this amazing grace inside of my life. And it's so powerful. Then we read on in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. It says, those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Again, there's so much Holy Spirit talk in Romans chapter 8. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. So, so letting your spiritual nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. See that? That's so beautiful. That when I'm being controlled by the Spirit, how do, what does it look like in my life? Is that I'm being led away from sin to life and peace in my life. So what does life mean in the Bible? If I'm given life by the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? Well, here's what I think it means. God is our creator, right? Let's just reason this out together. God is our creator. God has a purpose for everything he creates, including me. So living in life means that I'm living out within the purpose God has created me for. Simple as that. When I have life, I'm living his purpose out of my life every day. And when I don't have life, I'm living my purpose. That's death. That always leads to death. But those who are controlled by the Spirit are living their lives out, being controlled by God's purposes in their life, by the power of the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit. Not only that, you'd think it couldn't get any better than this, but it does because in Romans chapter 8, verse number 11, we find that the Bible tells us that you and I have the same power in us that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead. So in verse 11, it says the Spirit of God There we have him again. There's that spirit showing up everywhere. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life. There's that word again. He'll give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. By the same spirit that he raised Jesus Christ. That's the spirit that lives in you. It's the power source that you have. And I'm certain that I don't plug into it as fully as I possibly can. And I'm certain that you don't either. Would you agree with that? This is the power that's available to us if we want it more than, more than anything else in this life. And then by the power of the Spirit, He has granted us the right to become heirs. The right to become heirs. Think about that. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful, slaves, Instead, you have, see, you have received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. So I'm, I'm an heir. You think about that. One of these days, I'm going to possess everything the Father has for me. All that the Father has, I'm going to possess. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So why in the world would I get all messed up in this life with all the small stuff here? One of, this, one of these days, all this is going to be wiped out. I'm going to reign with Jesus forever and ever and ever. He's going to wipe away every tear from my eye. He is going to to grant me me this amazing life in heaven. And it is just a a beautiful life. So why in the world do I find myself so twisted around with all the stuff now? Because here's the fact. Every enemy that I have, I get to win. I'm going to win over. Just saying, if you're my enemy, I'm going to win. You might as well give up now. I'm going to win. I'm gonna, did somebody say the Chiefs? Did I really hear, did I really hear that? <laughs> did I really? <coughs> I won't even go there. <clears throat> so, so the truth is that I'm an heir. 
I'm an heir of all that the Father possesses. <clears throat> and because I'm an heir, it should strengthen and empower my life. And then here's something else that happens by the power of the Spirit. He strengthens you in his weakness. According to Romans 8, 26, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. God delights in taking folks like you and me who have weaknesses and using his glory and his power in our lives so that others can say, that is incredible. That's what God wants, that's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to take you and he wants others to look at you and he wants them to say, wow, that is incredible because it's out of your weakness that he is glorified. So you might, you might know that maybe you don't know this guy's name. It's a guy by the name of Angelo Dundee. How many know Angelo, Angelo Dundee? Okay, raise your hand. Majority of you don't. He was the, he was the corner man for a really well-known boxer by the name of Muhammad Ali. And so he was the reason that Muhammad Ali could, you know, float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. He was the guy, he, as he talks about his, you know, he worked with Muhammad Ali for, I think, two decades. And he was a surgeon for Muhammad Ali in the corner when he would, you know, when he would get a cut, he would, he would be the guy that would be the surgeon. He would be the guy that would be the doctor. He would be the guy that would uh, be the architect saying, this is what you got to do. This is, what you, this, is, this is the direction you have to go. And literally, he was, he was everything that Ali needed in that corner. But the question is, is that by the power of the Holy Spirit, I have a corner man. Did you know that? I have a corner man. The Holy Spirit is my corner man. And I, I, I believe that the Holy Spirit is better than a surgeon, better than an engineer, better than a psychologist. That's what a corner man has to do. He's who lives inside of me. How do I know I'm being controlled by the Holy Spirit? Is I'm listening to this amazing direction in my life. I want to end our time together with this thought. God, God seems to love eagles. Have you ever noticed that in the Bible? Do you know how many times the, the word eagle appears in the Bible? 33 times. So God has a fascination with the concept of an eagle. So let's unfold that a little bit. Let's talk about that for just a few minutes. Eagles are true, magnificent flying machines. What they do is that they, they have to flap a little bit to get in the air like a regular bird does. But because of their wingspan, they can all of a sudden start soaring into the heavens with no, no effort at all. The thermals from the earth, they just catch one of these thermals and it takes them above the storm clouds. It takes them anywhere they want to go. I mean, they can stay up for hours and hours and hours with little to no effort along the way. And in ancient Hebrew culture, these birds were revered. They, 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 there was a reverence for them. And they were, the eagle was a representation of a mighty warrior. It was a magnificent bird. Uh, it was a bird that uh, could easily take down predators. And, you know, when, they, when one of their babies was at risk, an eagle would come in, swoop their, their eaglets away. They were noted for their cor courageous and awesome expression in dangerous times, in turbulent weather, soaring above the clouds. So God is intent that you and I understand that his will for us is that you and I soar like those eagles do. God wants you to soar. 
you got to flap your wings a little bit, okay? That's how you get off the ground. There's some responsibility that you have, but God's will and God's intent is for you to soar like these eagles soar. In Greek, the Holy Spirit is called pneuma, spirit. That's how he's interpreted. Pneuma can be translated either breath or wind or one of these thermals that come up. It can be translated in all those ways. So by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, what God desires is for you to soar into victory, to soar above your tumultuous times. They're always going to be there. Just because you're an eagle doesn't mean you're not going to have trouble, right? But God wants you, God's will for your life is for you to soar, for you to just let His Spirit take you up and for you to live in this life really in a way, He says it this way, my burden is easy, my yoke is light. That's how he says it. That's how he describes the life of the Christ follower. His intent is for you to soar into the heavens in a very powerful way. Is that what you want? Is that what, I mean, do you want that in your life? You've you got to want it. You, you can sit there and go, you know, that's nice, but, you know, here's the deal, is that you've you got to want the Holy Spirit to lift you up, to make you more than you thought you could be. Think about what that means for you and I. I mean, really think about what that means for our lives. And I pray that you'll get it, that you'll get this imagery. Isaiah uses it all, oftentimes. And so this imagery of an eagle is such a powerful thing, but you can't have it. You can't have this soaring without the power of the Holy Spirit. So we want to end our time together by you just thinking about that. What would your life, what, can you imagine what your life could be if you let the Holy Spirit have control of where you went? Let me say that to you one more time. Could you imagine what your life would be if you allowed the Holy Spirit to be that thermal in your life? allow you to soar into the heavens the way God has intended you to. But I want to remind you, it's a real simple price. You got to want that more than you want anything else in your life. That's when it happens. You got to want that more than anything else in your life. So I want you to just take 30 seconds and I want you to think about what your life would be if you allowed the Holy Spirit to be the thermal for your life, soaring you to where He desires you to be. So just think about that.